You're listening to episode 126 of the 360 Vegas podcast. Visit the blog at 360vegaspodcast.com or send us an email at 360vegaspodcast at gmail.com. 360 Vegas podcast is brought to you in part by tickets.accessvegas.com. For the best seats in Vegas and at concerts and sporting events around the world, try tickets.accessvegas.com. Day after tomorrow, gentlemen, we'll be in Las Vegas. Welcome to Vegas. Las Vegas functions on a 24-hour-a-day schedule. Who's the casino? Big volcano out in front. That's the Eiffel Tower. Bellagio. Riviera. The Mirage. Flamingo. Sahara. The MGM Grand. This isn't the real Caesars Palace, is it? I want to gamble. They always put the machines that pay off the most right in the front. Good luck. The Strip is just the most amazing stretch of road, I think, probably anywhere in the world. Kicking ass in Vegas. Vegas, baby. Vegas, baby. Welcome to Las Vegas. I have to start off the show by apologizing slash bragging. If you oh, the, any... the, the old humble brag? Right, exactly. <laughs> yep, you know me so well, sir. I, I, love a, I love a good humble brag. Right. <laughs> the uh, if you hear any extra information or information if you hear any extra noise in the back <laughs> information what the fuck is that <laughs> if you hear any extra noise in the back that is because we are enjoying March Madness and uh, the TVs are going and people <laughs> chatter and whatnot so uh, I sincerely apologize about all the ambient data right, right that's all, around my <laughs> <laughs> all the awesomeness going on in the background that's happening in my house right now so hope you're listening to it and you you envy it. <laughs> Because you're not yeah. here. You know, I, I don't fill out a bracket uh, because that's totally pointless. Because I think I read somewhere that the odds of successfully completing a bracket 100% is like 1 in 966 quintillion or something like that. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Right. Uh, so what I do, I like to play squares. So yeah. I buy squares. And that makes every game interesting. I found, because I didn't get into, I've never really actually been into March Madness ever. The only reason I'm even paying attention to it now is... Because you know, I, I kind of I, I went off on basketball for a while. Didn't really want to watch it uh, much mm. of it. And Karen and I went to a Grizzlies game, and it just kind of triggered that. I mean, I've been playing it the whole time. I've always liked it. I just yeah. for some reason stopped watching. And and it just happens to be like this happened like three weeks ago. And mm. now I'm like, want to watch basketball? Loads of it. Want to watch it? Want to watch it? Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know what? It's funny because I think ever since um, you know, I've always been a huge fan of basketball. My wife, as you know, big fan of yes, basketball. Yes. Played basketball our whole life. Uh, so we both enjoy watching basketball, and that's one of the benefits that I have from marrying someone who's been athletic her whole life is that when I want to watch a game, she's like, ooh, who's playing? Right, like, right. You know, and I can have an educated conversation with her about, you know, what's going on in the game, and it's not like she needs, you know, and I'm not knocking uh, women who don't care about sports. That's fine. I don't really give a shit, honestly, but, you know, <laughs> I, I, I don't have to explain anything to her. She right. knows, like, exactly. sometimes, in some cases, better than I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it really just depends. So she, she's into she the college. She's a formidable person. opponent. Yeah, she's she's a she's a tremendous athlete. But anyway, she you know she enjoys watching college basketball, NBA basketball, and, and ever since uh, LeBron came into the league, and as much as I, I can't stand some of the things that he's done, he makes the game interesting. Even whether you know when he was with Cleveland, when I was really pulling for him, yeah. and then when he went to Miami, when I just wanted to see him lose every single game. <laughs> um, you know, and I I'm from Chicago, so I don't give a shit about the Cavaliers. I mean, right, right. they mean nothing to me. Uh, I just I, I kind of just felt a little crushed by the fact that he just was like the hometown hero, and you know, in a town uh, that desperately needed a hero. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I just I had a lot of respect for that, and then you know, it seemed like you know, and I know he he's done a lot of good. I'm not I'm not questioning the man's character. Right, I don't course, know him yeah. to question his character. I just felt like the whole decision thing, which can be debated up and down, was a big ego fueled event. And uh, I know he raised some money from that, so I don't want to hear any shit from anybody about it. But, you know, a lot of that was just like he took an easy way out to try to win championships. And he's still a a freak of nature athlete. So, I mean, I I give the man respect for that. But, you know, I I just I was disappointed that he took the easy way out. Absolutely. I, I, I completely understand where you're coming from with that. Yeah. So, but anyway, ever since he came back, basketball has been super interesting. Again, I love Derrick Rose. I'm a big Bulls fan. So, we got the NBA League Pass. You know, we watch, we get games every single night. So, nice. it's just, it goes without saying after dinner time. So, what games do we have on the night? Well, That's we got awesome, them all. Man. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're getting back into it too, because watching basketball really is 
you know, it's as much fun as it's been since, you know, back in the Jordan days. Agreed. I actually made that point to Karen the other day that I've, I've kind of stepped away. I would say, I think when Derek went down is when I was like, Ugh, I just don't really fucking care to, to yeah. watch the Bulls suck for years and years again. And because luckily, despite not having been from Chicago originally, you're still a Bulls fan anyway, probably yeah, be, because of Jordan. What Actually, there's an interesting story to that. Let me make it as short as possible. I started to get interested in the sport in high school. Like, I just never paid attention to it because it was something my father didn't do or anybody in my family did. So it just never registered to me. And right. started to kind of get into it from, I don't know, however people get into shit like that. Mm -hmm. And I literally was like, I should follow a team. Flipped through channels. The Bulls happened to be on that night. Mm -hmm. I had no idea who the fuck Jordan was, Pippen. I had no idea who these people were. But I was like, okay. I mean, I, I had a vague familiarity. It's like I've mm -hmm. heard that name before. And, yeah. and I was like, well, this is my team. And then just kept watching them and, and got to know them and, you know, mm -hmm. eventually fell in love with them. Yeah, those guys were my heroes growing up. Oh, I mean, fuck yeah. You know, I was born the year Jordan came into the league. So, yes, I'm dating my, I'm giving, That's I'm awesome. putting my age out there. But, uh, you know, so I started watching them growing up. So they were just, they were my heroes growing up. And having been from Chicago, it meant all that much more. So, you know, what's funny is, as I kept thinking for a while, I'm like, am I a front runner? Because it's like, I, I only watched the Bulls for a little bit when, you know, the whole Jordan era ended and then they just tanked it. And then watched it a little bit when the Twins came and then, you know, stopped kind of watching there. And then when Derek came along, watched a little bit of that and he got injured. And well, like I said, we went to that Grizzlies game. I was like, I want to watch basketball. My mm -hmm. first desire was when, you know, like that next day, I'm like, I want to watch a game. I'm like, oh, the Bulls playing. It's like, yeah. I didn't care who, you know, who was injured, who was playing, who they were, yeah. you know, where they were. It's like, that was my first instinct. That's who I want to watch. Yeah, that's really cool. That's really cool. And by the twins, you meant Eddie Curry and Tyson Chandler, right? Yes, correct. Yeah. The, okay. the, they're off. I played, I played against Eddie Curry one game when I was in high school. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, he's, uh, he's from Chicago. He went to Thornwood. And I was playing, um, I was in Aurora. So, uh, yeah, one game. And he's a big, goofy motherfucker. <laughs> he's not even in the league anymore, right? He's gone. No, he plays, um, I think he plays over in Asia or something like that. He plays for some. <laughs> he's, the guy's got like eight kids. It's it's so bizarre. His his whole life is just one big cluster. and <laughs> yeah. One big, giant child support order. <laughs> it, it's There's a lot of messed up stuff to go along with all that. But anyway. Right. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, I love basketball. Glad to hear that you're getting back yes. into it. And like I said, it's been as much fun to watch over the past few years as, it, as it's ever been. So. It has. It feels less thuggish. Mm -hmm. It seems like yeah. we've lost the Allen Iverson assholes of the league, and now it's just back to good quality, you know, guy athletes. There's certainly some 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 D-baggery to go around. Uh, always. Uh, but that's never going to escape the league. That's never going to escape professional sports. Absolutely. But um, It's not dominated by it anymore. Yeah, but I think I think Stern, uh, I think he did a good job of classing it up over the past several years. Agreed. And, uh, you know, is it, you know I, I like the fact that they did enforce a little bit of a dress code uh, in terms oh, of addressing totally the media before and after. Because yes. if you think about it, a lot of places, a lot of places of business yep. uh, have a dress code. And these guys make millions and millions and millions of dollars. Yep. Why shouldn't they, you know, uh, some people don't. My wife, you know, Angela doesn't give a shit. She's like, I can wear whatever they want. I don't care. But to me, I'm like, these guys get paid. You know, they're in the top tier of yeah. income in the world. Yep. And, you know, they can wear a suit or, you know, at least, you know, dress nicely for an hour before and after yeah. collectively before and after the game. I totally agree with you. To me, it brought a whole lot of professionalism to it. It's like, Absolutely. this is their job. And when they're not in their uniform doing their job, they're respecting it and approaching it like it's their yeah. job. Oh, Absolutely. yeah, I totally agree with you. Yep, on the same page. Yeah. Huh, well, anyway, um, what is that? That's what that's that place called Vegas. That's right. You're right. <laughs> we're talking about Vegas today. I think somewhere we're talking about Vegas. We catch up sometimes. You people just fucking <laughs> sit down and wait. All right, we'll get yes. to Vegas eventually. We had a couple theories we shared last week. We had a couple that came in late that I wanted to make sure that we shared uh, because they were they were quality enough. At the buzz, or the bubs, at mm -hmm. the bubs. The bubs is a... There we go. Uh, he informed us that if the announcement last week would have been some bullshit about me finding inner peace, that he would have unsubscribed to the show, and rightfully <laughs> so. <laughs> right. The, the so. self-loathing will always go on. Oh, that's not going anywhere. Therapy, medication, none of that has subsided that. <laughs> it, rest assured, I will hate myself forever. <laughs> we, we're counting on it. Right. Because <laughs> it makes for good entertainment. It does. It, well, it does. See? See? It helps other people, Brian. I knew there was value to it's, it. It's therapeutic to others. Right. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then we had one other one by Captain X Dave who said he had one more guess that I challenged Phil Ruffin to a downhill ski race and the winner gets the deed to the Treasure Island. That challenge is out there, Mr. Ruffin. That is out there. <laughs> Bring it on. Does it matter if you're like, uh, if you cross the finish line in an upright position or like it does not. Planted? It does not, Brian. Oh, well, see, I, I, you've got I, a good sporting chance, haven't right? you? I, I, I wouldn't put such a caveat on it. <laughs> <laughs> this guy could be a boss on the slopes. Who oh, knows? I know. Watch him destroy me. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. <laughs> if, he, if, if for some reason he heard this show and he's like, you know what? Fuck that guy. I've heard what he's been saying. Bring it on. Let's, <laughs> let's go. Let's right. go. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's going to do it for the guesses. Let's uh, move on to Random Vegas. What do you got for us this week? All right. 1975, Circus Circus offered guests a clown-shaped pool to swim in. We have an aerial pick of it, and it is horrifying, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's very disturbing. and uh, I'm sure yeah. kids uh, loved it, but it, it, any... Oh, Jesus Christ. You know what it reminds me a lot of? It reminds me a lot of Stephen King's It. Yes, that's a good... You know what it made me immediately think of when I saw it is Hunter S. Thompson when he was just whacked out of his head. And, and seeing something like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And uh, how about the Vegas Paint Review of the Week? This week's review is Jane Public's March 20th review of Chris Angel Believe at Luxor. One out of five chips. <laughs> uh, I'm excited for this. Jane wrote, Baha, I can see why the Luxor is trying to give away tickets because this show is so bad. I've had people literally throw these tickets at me the last four years out here as a local. Me and my boyfriend left 45 minutes into the show. Yes, it started late by 20 minutes. Chris is better at street magic while things are on the fly, not a planned choreographed stage show like Cirque forces him to do. Well, honey, that's what happens when you sign up front with Cirque. They give you big money up front, and then they own you. Yeah, and then they own you. Next time, listen to your management, the ones who advised you in the past... I think you'd have to pay me a lot to go see this. You know, it's funny. I don't know why. I, well, first of all, you would have to be comped. I can't imagine giving him money. I want to go see this just so I can experience the horror that is this show. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's interesting because I have to believe, I, I mean, I'm not going to challenge Jane Public's fucking review here, only <laughs> because currently that show isn't actually running. It's not opening up again until April. He's, yeah, didn't he break himself? Yeah, that? he's rehabbing a shoulder injury for That's one right. of his shows. But my guess is Gene Public is new to Vegas Mate, and, and this is just a, a previous review because, I mean, it's still very poignant and accurate <laughs> from everything else we've heard. So <laughs> Absolutely. All right, so that's that. Let's move on to the Twitter pick of the week. This week's winner is at BlueStorm2000, also known as Alistair, for a photo that challenges the hearts of atheists as it displays a photo tantamount to paradise, Brian. Ooh, tantamount. It's a photo of Excalibur at night from across the street at New York, New York. Now, what makes this so metaphorically dreamlike is that he's also able to capture not only the property and its opulence, but also collected that aura in the Statue of Liberty's surrounding water feature, creating a mere effect of divinity. The picture makes it tough to determine where Earth ends and where heaven begins, but we, <laughs> but we thank him for planting that shadow of a doubt, Brian. <laughs> I was dramatic this week in my writing. I'm so yeah. looking forward to sharing these notes. <laughs> you really brought it to a new level. Thank you. Thank you. What, which direction that level is, I'm not really sure yet. but <laughs> Don't care. Made you laugh. <laughs> yes, you did. You, you were successful. And I, I guarantee everyone's Googling tantamount right now. <laughs> As always, we'll link to the photo on our blog. We'll put it up on our Flickr page and Pinterest page. Feature it on our Facebook page, Google Plus page, Twitter header, as well as the enhanced version of the podcast. All right. Now that the opening's out of the way, let's get to the news. All right. Starting off our news week for this week, we've got some information on the Aussie Manzi. Clearly attempting to reestablish themselves as the most popular Aussie affiliated with Vegas, Thunder from Down Under attempted to Manzi Matt's return to the show. <laughs> Last week, a man went behind the stage of the show at Excalibur and stole some items from the cast member's locker room at around about 9 p.m. Later that evening, several members of the cast confronted the individual while he was still at the property. The suspect responded by pulling a gun. The men from Thunder Down Under formed together like Devastator and subdued the perp. 
<laughs> but not before he got a shot off. Luckily, no one was hit, but one of these specimens of physical perfection did receive a powder burn and was treated at the scene. It was reported by police that the suspect appeared to be under the influence of meth. Shocking. Well, that'll do it. Yeah, right. Now, while surprising absolutely no one, it was uncovered later in the week that the suspect already had a warrant out for his arrest for failing to show up for a court case in December for hitting a woman, holding her at gunpoint, and keeping her captive in a closet. It wasn't Ray Felton, was it? No. <laughs> <laughs> it, it wasn't Ray Rice either, right? No, no it wasn't, but well, well played, sir. <laughs> Uh, he also has a history of convictions dating back to 2010. Because that whole thing about threatening your significant other with fists and <laughs> firearms, right. uh, it's it's trendy right now. It's really going around, especially <laughs> know, especially it, in professional sports. I find it tacky because it's been so done, Brian. It's almost yeah. It's kind of old news. Exactly. Think, exactly. Point. Like fucking be original. Ugh. Yeah. I, I love that the Thunder from Down Under guys, like any of these these fucking muscle bound dudes, are just kind of like. Let's Listen, fucking get him. Right, exactly. <laughs> this guy pulls a gun, and their first instinct is like, beat his ass. <laughs> <laughs> get that fucker. Right. Well we done. We already got a pair of guns of our own right here. <laughs> to do exactly. This. Like, oh, is this what we're going to do? Gentlemen, go. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Uh, well, uh, next up is the Tales of a Lost Deposit. This oh. one's interesting. Oh, I can't wait to share this with you. While the property he stayed at was not disclosed and the video he shared didn't really give any clues as to where he was, Questlove of The Roots shared a mishap he witnessed in his room while he was in Vegas over the weekend. The Roots were playing at the grand opening of the Brooklyn Bowl with Elvis Costello. After the show, he was awoken in the wee hours of the morning to find water raining down from the ceiling. <laughs> he shared a video via Instagram, and we'll, of course, have a link to that, uh, as well as the story that he learned was the cause of this water. Apparently, a drunk guest drew a bath at about 1 a.m., but fell asleep before he could actually enjoy it. <laughs> With no one to turn the water off, it overflowed and flooded. <laughs> so much water ran over that it soaked through his floor and continued to accumulate until it caused excessive water damage to four rooms directly below him. Holy shit. The video Questlove shared shows this wasn't mild water damage. This was localized torrential downpour water damage kind of thing. Eventually, the staff broke into the man's room and woke him up uh, to stop the water running. There's, this guy had to clearly not only lose his fucking deposit, how much do you think they charged? There's no way he's not getting charged for this, right? There's no way he's getting away with that. I don't know. I mean, their insurance would cover something like that, but like, look at Terry Benedict. He still went after Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> well, I think that's all That's all has to be said here. Clearly, <laughs> <Enough> said. <laughs> the, clearly the movies have shown us how this would work. <laughs> I was waiting in the story to see like Questlove also suffered a mild concussion from being struck by the gentleman's bath bomb <laughs> that didn't quite make it. Nope, nope, nope. Didn't break, didn't dissolve in the it water. It broke in just in time. <laughs> he was on the fourth level, so he, you know, he was yeah. going to take a while. <laughs> right, right. All right, so well, that's enough of that shenanigans. On to new shenanigans, which is Caesars and announcing their new property. Yes. Clearly not understanding how debt reduction works. It was announced <laughs> this week that Caesars Entertainment received approval from the South Korean government to partner with a Hong Kong-based real estate company to build a $794.7 million casino resort. While they haven't actually been approved for a gaming license, this is the first step in that process. The complex would have three hotel towers, 760 rooms, suites, live entertainment venues, and a convention center, and a foreigners-only casino. Yes, South Korean residents would not be allowed to gamble in the property. Now, <laughs> according to the Korea tourism organization, Chinese make up 36% of visitors to South, Cor uh, to, to South Korea. Korea, Brian. <laughs> That's where I was going with it. Uh, in 2013, and they made up 41% in 2012. So this is really kind of, they don't really have a choice. They're one of the biggest casino companies on the planet without a, a presence in Macau or China alone. So mm -hmm. yeah, what are you going to do? Hopes are to be open in time for the 2018 Winter Olympics at Pyeongchang, South Korea. It was also made clear that Caesar's subsidiary, 
Caesars Growth Partners may be included in the development of the new property, which I'm really relieved about. I was afraid they were going to box out fucking Caesars Growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was worried about it too. <laughs> it irritates the shit out of me. <laughs> oh, well. Let them sign their own uh, bankruptcy paperwork there. I'll survive. Yep. All right, on to the next story. 1923 burlesque and bourbon details. We've got them. Yeah, this is the name of the new Cigar Lounge Prohibition-era theme speakeasy that Holly Madison is starring in. Yes, it's now being reported that Holly will be the star of this attraction as the headlining singer. In fact, she has taken her new role so seriously that she has ditched her signature bleach blonde hair in favor of a dark reddish brown. They also will take the theme pretty seriously and commit to music played by a live band and only feature jazz vocalists performing the classic standards. This basically sounds exactly like the old venue. It's replacing the 40 Deuce, uh, but with Holly Madison involved. Well, I don't know. See, and I've never seen Holly Madison perform, and she's going to be singing. Is that right? She is apparently post-pregnancy. She had a professional trainer to try to sing and and she filled in for we i mean we reported on this show like six months ago that she filled in for one show of the uh million dollar quartet where she you know ended up singing in that and apparently that was just practice for her to to make the transition to this so so is she any good i don't even know uh she got great reviews but then again it's vegas and they pretty much you know will suck the dick of anything that requires sucking (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess we'll just kind of have to see how that unfolds. Yeah. If she's taking her clothes off and she doesn't speak, that might be better. But it's, yeah, just food for thought. <laughs> and maybe she's got that in the back of her head of like, listen, worst case scenario, I can't sing. I just go, mm, look at the titties. Yeah. Well, works for many. <laughs> right. Works for many. It's a tried and true formula. There you go. We've also got some information on Tag Bar and Lounge. Yeah, the Quad unveiled their latest attraction at the property. Now, for those of you, similar to me, who are antisocial, prefer to be left alone, or enjoy the serenity that is self-service, <laughs> <laughs> you'll want to check this out. <laughs> it's, uh, it's called Tag Barn Lounge. It's located next to Quad's craft stables. But according to Vital Vegas, it's also pretty easy to get to from Link. Tag is an acronym for Totally Automated Gaming, and you kind of get the theme at this point. Now, this area is populated by nothing but table games minus human dealers. The area also brings to casino floors holographic dealers, a technology that was originally unveiled at G2E in 2012, but took until last Thursday to hit Las Vegas casino floors. Now, did you see that when you were there last year? No, it's an interesting thing that, uh, well, it it was the first time that we went to G2E, but it was such a a guarded technology that you had to be invited by the manufacturer to go into it. I I, I very clearly remember the venue that they had it in, and Mm. you had to be invited to go in because it was all covered, and you know, because it has to be a dark area to do holograms. And yeah, I wanted to see, I knew what was in there, but they wouldn't let me in. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. But unfortunately, listener at Bluestorm 2000 shared his firsthand experience with the effect and reported that it equates to little more than a glorified projection effect. Now, luckily, the space has far more to offer. Tag also offers interactive tabletops similar to those offered at Mandalay Bay's iCandy and Rio's iBar that offer various games and internet access. Part of the drink service and following along with the theme is the ability to purchase self-service beer on tap. Lastly, the space is a unique contrast to the rest of the quads decor, which some have complained is a bit bland or nondescript. Tag uses rich deep reds, burgundies, and various other warm colors to set a mood very contrasting from what is currently there. Mm-hmm. But there is more bad news. At 360 Moneyline, who is also in Vegas currently, shared their first-hand experience and said that while the space does look good, video poker for Jacks or Better is a dollar minimum and seven five. Huh. So enjoy the way the space looks. Gamble at your own peril. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I kind of like the idea. I like the concept of it. Um, it sounds like something I would absolutely check out, and you know, I'd like to make my own opinion about it at some point, but 
yeah, you know, if you just want to try something a little bit different, this sounds like it could be pretty cool. What I like about this is we, we you know, we've talked about anybody who does anything Vegas or gambling understands that there is a traditional progressive experience for most people where like like in, in a first-hand experience when I first got there I was shy all I wanted to do was play slots and stay away and then I ended up learning video poker which is slightly more you know with the ability to play it at bars and stuff a little more social mm -hmm. and then as I learned the games you know I start off with craps where while it is social you're one of many many people and then you eventually yeah, most people are generally pretty focused on what they're doing on their own on their own uh, bets right and, right you know, and not, not as much paying the attention to others Right, and then you continue to progress and progress, and you know now I'm I'm a you know a genuine fan of blackjack. What I like about this is I think it's an even easier transition for people to be able to get into table games where they if if they get blackjack and we're like I really like that game I just don't want to play it with all these people you don't uh -huh. have to worry about it now you have a digital dealer. Right. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. And finally, in our last story, more Cromwell details. Vegas Chatter shared some new details about special perks that guests at the property will receive during their stay. First, the guest elevators will be key card access only, which I've always been actually uncomfortable when I've gone to other properties that don't have security by the elevators. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're also going to offer not only coffee, but free danishes will be available to people staying at the property. I mean, it's not a continental breakfast, but it's fucking Vegas. You don't really get a whole lot of shit free. Yeah, well, you throw a Danish, a Danish in your face and have a cup of coffee, you're set to go for a little while at least. Right, right exactly. And guests at the Cromwell will be guaranteed access to Dre's Beach Club. At the nightclub, no. guests at the property will have priority, but you would still need to make reservations. That You know what? That makes sense considering it's the only pool they have. Most people or most properties that have like day clubs, they have like a regular pool and then they have like a day club. How mm -hmm. fucked up would that be if you were staying at a property like, no, 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 you can't go to the pool. No, what? I know, right? <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> yeah. And lastly, guests will have a daily happy hour with the general manager of the property. There'll be a reserved space on the casino floor at five o'clock daily and we'll offer things like wine and caviar for, you know, obviously you'd have to pay for them. I have to think this is a slight bit of an exaggeration. Yeah. Well, I wonder if they could have like a designate attend on, on certain days. You know, because you're basically, if you're saying that, you're saying that you're going to have to commit to participating in a, participate in some sort of happy hour festivity of some kind or right, another right. every single fucking day. I'm no, sure it's, thank you. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm sure it's it's more than likely just some somebody of some member of the management team. Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. So you, you somehow feel you have firsthand experience <laughs> right. with the people running it. Right. Now, as a reminder, Cromwell opens at the end of May. All right. Well, that'll do it for the news segment. We do have some prop bets. And for those of you unfamiliar, prop bets is an ex extension of the news, just some shorter pieces of news. Uh, starting off this week, in honor of St. Patrick's Day, the Las Vegas sign replaced all the yellow bulbs that normally outline the fixture with green bulbs. Uh, they were switched back to yellow on Tuesday. You can now download your favorite WMS gaming slot machine music for free via SoundCloud. SoundCloud is available both as an app for mobile phones as well as online. Previously, WMS Gaming had this feature, but you had to pay for it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I like that they're giving it away. Yeah. We'll, we will benefit from that, especially. <laughs> uh, once again, unions are contemplating striking in Vegas because they aren't getting their way. They recently struck deals with Caesars and MGM properties, but they're still negotiating with some independents on the Strip and Fremont. Nope, we'll just move right the fuck along. <laughs> Vito Vegas is reporting that Jubilee's March 17th comeback performance after its facelift was abruptly canceled with no reason given. When the details become available, we'll share them with you. Vito yep. Vegas also shared that at least at the back of the property, the Cromwell now has their previously only computer-rendered marquee signage. Uh, it looks exactly the right. same. <laughs> For those of you that like to watch yourselves have sex, Vegas Shatter did officially Ooh. confirm that the two major room configurations at SLS Vegas will have mirrors above their beds. <laughs> <laughs> it's classic. That's right. Classy as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Slotzilla held a job fair this week to fill more than 140 jobs. Uh, still no word on when it'll be open. <laughs> Monte Carlo has a new frontage entrance logo, which is pretty similar to the old, but 
it's now offset by dark red and brown panels instead of the former black. I actually really hope that they continue this color palette and some of the other things that we've seen kind of leak out uh, for some, some testing renovations. I think if they, they kind of hip themselves, they've always been kind of catering or at least trying to attract like you and I as a crowd, mm -hmm. the people who, who like Cosmopolitan and Planet Hollywood but can't necessarily always afford to stay at Cosmopolitan. Right. I, I think if they continue to go in this in this manner, I think it's it's the best thing for them. It's not a bad property as no, it is. No, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. The drink service in the casino left much to be desired, but it has improved. Uh, it has good. Well, yeah, that's I mean, good it, it's not where it should be, but it has improved. That's good. That's good. The Jacksons are cutting their rock tells and cocktails residency at Planet Hollywood short by about three weeks, closing on April sixth. While the producer is trying to spin some bullshit that it's not about being ticket sales report. Clearly, the ticket sales were poor. Right. <laughs> and lastly, at the 10th anniversary celebration of his residency at the Flamingo, George Wallace announced that the show will be closing in three weeks so he can focus on touring as well as TV and film work. Failure is what he's, what he's focusing on. Yeah, right. he pretty much wants to do things that aren't going to be successful I've, at all. I, don't, I, don't, I, I, I swear, I think you and I have talked about this. I've never been a fan of him because his entire humor is nothing but stupid stereotypes. Like yeah. it's always like you know, you know, black mamas don't do shit like that. Like really, is this what we're? This is okay, fine. What what does black mama do? I don't. <laughs> just, I just think he's lame. Yeah, I I don't find him funny at all. But to each their own. Yeah, absolutely. If you like bad comedy, <laughs> but I like exactly. Dane Cook, so. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I I want to say this really quick before we move on to uh, playing Vegas. I like Dane Cook. Like back in the day, like 2003, mm -hmm. uh, I haven't enjoyed. I, I watched um, something. He was on something, uh, doing some stand up the other day, and I watched like five minutes. I'm like, nope, done. <laughs> so he's not perpetually funny to me. Let's just be real clear about that. Right. He's not like Daniel Tosh to me, where that guy is as funny from the second I saw him to the current day. Yeah, no, Tosh is he's that's a he's a brilliant guy. Oh, but yeah, and Dane Cook's smart guy. I mean, I just. I don't know. It's not all of it is hitting the mark for me. So. It's so interesting. I've never, like, I know a lot of people, like, especially with somebody like Dane Cook, they not only don't think he's funny, but they just outright hate him. I've never been that way. I don't necessarily think he's funny, at least in but his You don't hate him either. Right, right. I mean, I wouldn't say, like, all of his stand-up is, is an abortion. I just, for the most part, I'm like, <laughs> I don't really understand why everybody thinks he's so funny. I mean, I think he's a he's a great guy. I mean, he's nice. I, I mean, he does say things I think that are funny, but... You know, you yeah. could, he's, he says things that you could understand why some would think it's yeah, funny. It, that's, yeah, that's a very good way to describe it. Yep. Like, unlike George Wallace, Who's, yeah, uh, it's hard I, to understand like, how anybody <laughs> ever. <laughs> like, people laugh, and I'm like, really? Is this what we're fucking laughing at? <laughs> I, I, and I, I know I'm going to get bitch slapped for this one, but I, and I asked you this before, but because uh, of the whole Archer thing. Yeah, yeah. But if you haven't, give the league another try. I don't know if any of our listeners listen to or watch the league. Oh, I'm pretty sure they do. Holy shit, that show is fucking hilarious. Yeah. I lost my mind. It's so funny. It's funny. Um, our money line guys, Seth specifically, as soon as we started the 360 money line fantasy football league, mm -hmm. the references or, or the callbacks to league shit were just left and right, just constantly. Oh, like my everything. God. It's, Mark, it's so funny. I We started watching it. Angela and I started watching it on Netflix because they have the first three seasons. The fourth season, I think. I think it's fourth season? Yeah. Fourth season is currently airing on one of the FX stations. So we are as current up to the current season. We had we watched all of them in two days Brian, because I, we it was so funny we couldn't stop watching it. I still desperately ask that you will at least give Archer season two, episode one, a shot, and if, if it doesn't get you with that, I will never bother you. Okay. Well, I will commit to that. Uh, I will commit to giving Archer a try if you give... I'll, I'll commit to watching two episodes, even if I hate every minute of it. I will commit to watching two episodes of Archer uh, if you commit to watching two episodes of The League. I could do that. That's not a problem. I'll, right. I think I'll, that's I'll, leave, I'll even man to you there, son. I'll make sure it's done before the next week. Yep. I, I'll see I'll see you next week, and I'll be done tonight. Nice. And I'll actually like fire up that Twitter thing that you're using <laughs> and I'll say something about it. That's that's how the Manzi works, folks. Take notes. <laughs> I don't one up the shit out of you. Seriously, season 2, episode 1, if that doesn't get you, I while while you will, you know, you've committed to watching a second episode, that you must watch that if that doesn't get you. I will uh, specifically I will watch 
season two, episode one, and I'll try a season two, uh, season two, episode two as well. There you go. All right, cool. All it's right. a deal. Done. All right. Well, that's going to do it for news and us trying to manage each other. Let's go on to playing Vegas. Playing Vegas, which is a segment of our show where we share with you upcoming performances and entertainment opportunities within the next week. Uh, Monday through Sunday, Alonzo Bowden is performing at the Brad Garrett Comedy Club at MGM. It's Bowden. Bowden? Whatever. (laughs) It's fine. You get it. He's at the fucking comedy. I've never heard of him before, so it's not important. (laughs) Uh, That show starts at 10 p.m. Tickets start at an unknown amount. Oh, you're adorable. Friday, Reverend Horton Heat is performing at Vinyl and Hard Rock. Show starts at 8.30 p.m. Tickets start at 32.50. And Nick Swordson is at the Mirage. His show is going to start at 10 p.m. Tickets start at $62. He's at the fabulous Mirage. <laughs> Friday and Saturday, David Spade is at the Venetian. That show starts at 10 p.m. Tickets will start at $74. And Jerry Seinfeld is at the Coliseum. Show starts at 7.30. Tickets will be starting at 83 bucks. Saturday, Dwight Yoakam is at the Pearl of Palms. Show starts at 8 p.m. Tickets start at $62. And Seth Meyers is at the Mirage. Show starts at 10 p.m. Tickets start at $62. What do you think of uh, Seth Meyers as the new... Uh, what the fuck? I don't even remember the name of the goddamn show. Fuck. Uh, the uh, late... No, late night? Yeah, late night. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't really watch those shows you very much. You know what's much, funny? So. I, I haven't watched it either. I'm a big Fallon fan, and I, I haven't made the effort. Yeah, Jimmy Fallon's a funny guy. I just don't. Um, there's other things I'm doing at that time of the night, like playing <laughs> I video just games. DVR it. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, I'm so proud of. Once again, I, I don't think I've. I've. I mean, I know I've done it, but I want to do it again and, and give you credit for. Don't do it. No, I'm doing it. You son of a bitch. Um, I want to give you credit for. You know, I, I announced last week on the show that I hit the wall pretty hard. You know me. I'm a pretty passionate guy, and I've allowed oh, yeah. this show to kind of envelop me, especially mm-hmm. once Matt left. Because, yeah, obviously I had more writing duties, and, and I just allowed kind of inspiration to take over. And the problem with that, and it's happened a couple times in my life, is it, you know, it, it torched me. And I, I didn't want to do much. And you helped me to remember that this show, while as much as I love it and how I want it to be the best thing that it can possibly be, and I really enjoy the writing, I have to allow myself to not only, you know, watch TVs and movies, but do shit I like to do, like play video games. And I went and bought the latest Tomb Raider as well as Batman Ark. This is how far back I am. Batman Arkham City, I think it is. Yeah, you can get there for like 15 bucks now or something. That is like that. how much I got it for. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it, you're one of those people that helped to remind me that, you know, this is just really tying back to to what the entire concept is, is it's an hour that I get to try and make my buddy laugh and we just happen to be talking about something and always let it be that. If I ever get inspired and, and I want to write more, that's fine, but I should never allow myself to feel guilty because I'm like, eh, I don't fucking feel like doing... I mean, as it is, I'm always writing show notes, always writing mm-hmm. show notes for each week. The, the fact that I get home and I'm like, I don't really feel like reading this book to do more vintage research or writing this review here. It's yeah, like, it shouldn't feel like a labor or some exactly. job. Exactly. It's like, yeah. oh, you know what? I want to play a video game. Then go play a fucking video game. You're doing yeah. fine. It'll always be there. Yep, exactly. Always be there. So with that said, what did you think of those two games? I haven't had the opportunity to play them yet because that's when I fell in love with basketball again. And I'm like, (laughs) oh, I just want to watch basketball. Well, when you get around to it, you let me know. Oh, absolutely. But, I mean, it still follows the same thing. I've literally done nothing but watch basketball for the last three days. So Hey, that's fine, too. Exactly. That is fine, too. Thank you, sir. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And rounding out playing Vegas, Rita Rudner is at the Venetian on Sunday. Show starts at 8.30. Tickets will begin at 88 bucks. All right, that'll do it for playing Vegas. Let's move on to Vegas deals. That'll do it for Vegas Deals. Let's move on to coming attractions. <laughs> Vegas Deals, to which we have nothing to offer you, so just go pay full price for everything. <laughs> or do your own homework, you lazy yeah, the, fox. <laughs> this, this week you will pay rec rates. <laughs> it's called Google, you pieces yeah. of shit. <laughs> Use it. All right, let's move on to coming attractions. 
This segment is brought to you by tickets.accessvegas.com. If you're going to a concert or event in Las Vegas or anywhere in the world, treat yourself right by grabbing great premium seats at tickets.accessvegas.com. All right, time for coming attractions, entertainment opportunities outside of the normal residencies, but a little bit further down in the future. And starting off the list for this week, Jeff Dunham is performing at the Coliseum at Caesars Palace on Friday, June 13th. Show starts at 8 p.m. Tickets will run you 50 bucks. Nine Inch Nails and Soundgarden are performing at the Access Theater at Planet Hollywood Saturday, July 19th. Show starts at 8 p.m. Tickets start at $70. Counting Crows with Toad and the Wet Sprocket are at Mandalay Beach on Sunday, August 10th. Show starts at 9 p.m. Tickets start at $54. Gavin DeGraw is at Mandalay Beach Saturday, June 14th. Show starts at 8.30. Tickets start at $56. Megadeth and Motorhead are performing at the Pearl at Palms on Thursday, April 17th. Show starts at 8 p.m. Tickets will start at 55 bucks. And lastly, Maxwell is at the Pearl at Palms Sunday, May 25th. Show's going to start at 8 p.m. Tickets start at $70. Fuck, I haven't heard from Maxwell in a long time. Do you imagine, it's been a very long time. Do you imagine that the entire Pearl at Palms will just get into a giant orgy? It's possible. I, I mean, mean, it is it's hard Maxwell, to, it's, for fuck's sake. It's hard to deny that impulse when Maxwell is, you know, when you hear Maxwell's songs. Yeah. He's a talented man. Yeah. <laughs> He is. He makes me touch myself, and I don't know he, why. He's in the business of making pleasurable moments possible. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget, you can find links to purchase tickets to these and all the artists we report on our coming attractions calendar on the blog. All right. With that out of the way, let's go to the river. Welcome back to the latest installment of 360 Legal Lounge. I'm your host, Tony Snyder. So consider the following hypothetical. You walk into a Las Vegas strip casino because you want to play blackjack. You're a card counter, and while you're aware that card counting is not illegal, you know the casino would not allow you to play if you gave them your real name. So what do you do? You give them a fake passport alleging you are from Burma, and they subsequently allow you to play well into the night. As a matter of fact, you don't just play, you win over $40,000. So, did you just defraud the casino? Do you get to keep your money, and if so, how much? Is it your original buy-in, just your winnings, or both? These exact questions were the issues the Nevada Supreme Court addressed in the case of Chen versus the Nevada Gaming Control Board. But first, your spoonful of legalese. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not create an attorney-client relationship with any listener. In other words, although I am a lawyer, I'm not your lawyer. If you need personalized legal advice, contact an attorney in your community. In 1997, noted advantage player and card counter Richard Chen entered the Monte Carlo Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas, Nevada for the purposes of playing blackjack. The problem for Mr. Chen, however was that he was listed in the Griffin Book, a black book, if you will, of banned legal and illegal gamblers. Therefore, had he produced his actual identification card to the pit boss upon his buy-in, he would have immediately been flagged in the system and subsequently escorted off the property. So instead of giving his real ID, he produced a fake passport purporting to be a Burmese citizen. One bit of trivia, Burma had its name changed to Myanmar in 1989, some eight years prior to this incident. Nonetheless, Chen bought in on two separate occasions during this trip, once for $29,000 and another time for $15,000. This results in a cash transaction report, also known as a CTR, to be filed with both the Nevada Gaming Control and the IRS. That's the Internal Revenue Service, for those not familiar with America's tax collectors. This document must be filed anytime someone buys in for $10,000 or more in cash as a way to ensure that casinos aren't used for illegal money laundering. Chen managed to fly under the radar during his first session of gaming, but was recognized and asked to quit playing during his second gaming session. He was escorted to the cashier cage and asked to produce ID and cash out his $84,400 in chips. Again, he produced the fake Burmese passport to the cage cashier, 
but because the pit boss accompanying him knew his name to be inconsistent with the name on the fake passport, casino security was notified and the gaming control board was called in for a criminal investigation. Chen then admitted the passport was fake, gave his real name, and was issued a receipt for the full $84,400 pending a resolution to the investigation. Four days later, after the Monte Carlo was able to review security surveillance tapes, they determined that Chen was simply a card counter, not a cheat. As such, they were directed by Gaming Control to return the $84,000, an action they refused. They did agree, however, to give him back the total of his two buy-ins, a sum of $44,000. The Monte Carlo alleged that Chen fraudulently misrepresented himself to their detriment, specifically that his misrepresentation resulted in damages to the casino, to wit, Chen's $40,400 in winnings. That but for the illegal passport, he would not have played in their casino and could not have won over $40,000. Chen, on the other hand, argued that there was neither a statutory nor administrative law which allowed the casino the right to confiscate and surrender his winnings, and that even the gaming control agent investigating the matter agreed as such. More importantly, Chen argued that his winnings were not from the use of the fake passport, but from training his brain to count cards and play by the rules set by the casino. He also pointed out that had he bought in for $9,999, just $1 short of the cash transaction report requirement, the casino would not have asked for his ID and that a CTR form is not a prerequisite to playing blackjack. Simply his age and having money to play are the only two real prerequisites. So how do we determine whether the action taken by Richard Chen was legal or illegal? Let's lay out the elements of the charge. First, Chen must have provided a false representation of material fact to the Monte Carlo, which Chen knew to be false. Next, Chen must have intended for the Monte Carlo to have relied upon his misrepresentation to them. Assuming they did rely upon the misrepresentation, thirdly, the casino did so to their detriment, and fourth, that the misrepresentation caused economic damage to the casino. So let's dissect these elements one by one. Did Chen provide a false representation of material fact to the Monte Carlo? There is no dispute that he produced a fake passport and that this fake representation was a material fact for gaining access to playing blackjack since his purchase was over $10,000. So, one point, Monte Carlo. Second, that Chen intended on the Monte Carlo to rely upon this misrepresentation. Again, it was obviously his intent that the casino would rely upon this false passport. That was his reasoning for providing it to them. He knew giving his real name would result in his prevention of playing blackjack. As such, he wanted the casino to rely upon his false ID. So, two points Monte Carlo. Third, that the Monte Carlo detrimentally relied on the misrepresentation. Here's where it gets interesting. The requirement to provide identification was purely for the purpose of complying with the cash transaction report, nothing else. This was not a scenario where Chen was under 21 and provided a fake ID to get access to the casino games or free cocktails. His only reason to provide ID was to comply with the federal and state regulatory act, not to gain access to table game chips. More so, the court even conceded that had the casino had a policy in place which was used to cross-check a player's ID against those individuals who had been barred from playing in the casino because they were known card counters, only then would the Monte Carlo have relied to their detriment on Chen's misrepresentation. Therefore, one point Chen. Lastly, did the misrepresentation cause economic damage to Monte Carlo? No, said the court. The fake passport had nothing to do with Chen winning. The court stated, quote, The false identification allowed Chen to receive $44,000 in chips, but it did not cause Chen to win, unquote. So what caused Chen to win? His brain's ability to count cards. 
to determine when the deck was favorable to the players and when to make larger bets. His passport was not the reason he won. Now, this argument was not bought into by all the justices of the Nevada Supreme Court. One justice did dissent by explaining that even though the fake passport didn't make him win, it did allow him access to money over the $10,000 cash transaction report threshold, and in theory, he won more than he otherwise might have had he bought in for only $9,999. So the moral of this story is an alias is acceptable for the purposes of identification so long as you're not using it for the purposes of cheating the casino. Remember, the point the majority of justices pointed out was had the Monte Carlo cross-referenced his ID against the names listed in the Griffin Black Book, that may have changed the outcome. But more importantly, the Nevada Supreme Court reaffirmed that card counting is not an illegal activity, but reminded us that casinos have the right to ask a card counter not to play. If you'd like to review the actual Nevada Supreme Court opinion, pop over to viceloungeonline.com and view the PDF document. Once you check it out, drop me a note at 360legallounge at gmail.com or send me a tweet at 360legallounge and tell me whether you think Chen misrepresented a material fact to the detriment of the Monte Carlo Casino. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'm Tony Snyder, and we'll talk to you next time. I'm a giant fan of this segment. We've talked about it many, many times. There's really not a whole lot that uh, I can add, or I, I, I challenge you to try and add something to this. <laughs> but he is, he's a thorough, thorough man, and his segments are highly entertaining to me. Yeah, I, uh, I will someday strive to sound half as intelligent as he is. <laughs> uh, and notice, I, I said to sound half as intelligent as he is. Yes. So yes. Uh, I, I just want to pretend that I'm as smart as he is. Anyway, uh, the river is a good segment and, uh, with legal lounge is a great addition to it. So yes, apparently the ladies get wet when they, they're in the river. <laughs> Just saying it's undeniable, Brian. As a matter of fact, it's a fact, <laughs> which well, is why I, mean, it's a matter I imagine of fact. they're getting wet in just about anybody of watermark, right. <laughs> but we know this to be true. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's going to do it for episode 126. We thank you guys every week, uh, this week, and just like every other week for listening and downloading the show. Uh, We very much appreciate it. If you'd like to check out more details on the stories that we reference on this week's show, you can do that on the blog. We'll have links to all of those stories. Again, that's 360vegaspodcast.com. If you'd like to send us some feedback, you can email us at 360vegaspodcast at gmail.com. And you can help others uh, to find the show by reviewing us on iTunes, Good, Bad, or Indifferent. We read all reviews on the show. And we're on social media as well, Twitter, Facebook, and etc. You can find links to those on our blog as well. Don't forget also you can support the show very easily when you visit the blog and click on our Amazon better and make a purchase. That's all that's required and we do get a little bit of a kickback from that. So very easy to support the show uh, by just doing something you would have done anyway. So that's going to do it for episode 126. That's all I got. Sarah, what do you got? Anything? I got one more thing for you that I know you, if if no one else fully understands the weight of this, we Mm -hmm. have recently learned that Loki's grandniece is pregnant so we may actually or she may be pregnant we'll know in a, in a week or so so we may so finally you may, you may getting, get you may get another uh bernice and from uh, in the same bloodline exactly so I, we always knew that we were going to get another bernice but we wanted we very much wanted you know how much loki meant to us i think a lot oh, of yeah. the listeners know how much he meant to us the idea that we're actually getting somebody in his bloodline mind-blowing we're super super psyched if if she is in fact pregnant we should have some puppies at the beginning of may which means our family will expand again by uh, june july that's fantastic news i'm very happy for you guys super. and i absolutely remember and know how much uh, loki meant to you guys and, and i couldn't be happier to hear about that yeah. if it's if it is true if not there's always another opportunity for that sort of business exactly we'll make sure to keep people updated i think a lot of people knew how much uh loki meant to us as well as how well as a matter of fact it's the first show the first week and the, the entire length of, of uh, 360 Vegas that one week we didn't put content out and we intentionally did it to pay tribute to Loki. So yep. we're uh, super psyched and, and thank you. Thank you. You know, like I said, Absolutely. if anybody knows how much Loki meant to us and how much this now means to us, it's you, sir. Oh, absolutely. I certainly appreciate that. And that's great news. I'm very happy to hear it. Yep. But other than that, we will uh, more than likely have an update and see you next week. Yeah.